Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, This week, I'm so excited to chat because just going through your Instagram too, like I felt like it was such a relief to kind of travel, but sorry, I'll get into that as I go. (laughs) My guest is Orion Brown and she is the founder of the Black Travel Box. So thanks so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for the bubbles. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Like I said, especially after the day we both had with like technical issues and internet and uh, it's just so nice to kind of relax with some bubbles. Oh my gosh. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. How's the, are you guys getting snow or anything? Like we're, we're not getting snow, but we're like freezing cold and rain, but I don't know. I imagine Colorado's a little higher than me. You know, it's interesting. So Colorado actually gets like 300 plus days of sun. So we get more sun mm. than Florida does. Oh um, and so, yeah, we had like, a, we had a few days where it was like sixties and seventies and then it randomly snowed the next day. And then two <laughs> days later it was melted and gone. And now it's beautiful again. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. My husband really wanted to go. We're from Louisiana, but we left after Katrina and he really wanted Colorado as an option. And I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know. And then, so we like, we came to Oregon cause my parents are out here, but now I'm kind of like, Ooh, 300 days of sun. That sounds oh amazing. Gosh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Ah, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have like rain for like the next six months. So now I'm like, okay, maybe I'll think about moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, let's dive in. I'd love to learn how you, you came up with the idea to found, to, you know, found this company and, you know, like your background, like leading up to it and just, you know, all, all of the fun stuff. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. (laughs) So I have a pretty eclectic background. I, um, I like to say that I was pre-med from the age of four all the way through to my third year of college. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was really, really focused. And then I got to a point where I was like, I can't sustain this ramen routine for another six years, right? And doing all of the the post, um, you know, back programs and then going into med school and all of that. And so I really had to take a step back and say, it, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this what I want to do with my career? And, you know, I, I also prayed and I was just like, God, I don't know what to do. Like, I never have gone into like business. I've never gone into, I was the person that would go, downtown and go into an office building because they had the best bathrooms. Like I was not, (laughs) I was not familiar with that. I hadn't done any internships or anything. And so I really just looked for opportunities that would teach me how to be a grown up and then figure out what I actually wanted later. And I was so, so blessed to join the team over at um, JP Morgan. I did internal consulting for them for a few years and got my got my water wings, got, got myself straight. And I was like, okay, now I know how this works at least a reasonable amount. What is it that I want to actually go do with my career? So I went back to school. I went to, to um, Duke and went to B school and um, found myself in brand management, which I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. Um, it was sort of the best of all the strategic work that I had done. Um, and it also brought in an element of just this really tangible 
physical thing that I could show the world. And that, that was like a, you know, a, a representation of all the hard work. And so I loved that. And I was in the food industry and then, you know, bounced around a little bit um, into technically like mobile gaming and, and, you know, working on fun things like my little pony at Hasbro. And, um, even as my career, you know, moved ahead, I started to started to actually get away from brand a bit. And that was, you know, when I moved to to Colorado, I was like, I love it here. I'm not going to leave the sun. I've met some (laughs) amazing people here. I think I want to make a life here, but there's not that many brands out here. And so I started, you know, with, with, um, I, I, took a job with like Oracle and started doing um, basically business consulting with their fortune 100 clients and helping them with consumer insights. And I was like, but I miss having my hands in something, Mm -hmm. having something physical that is, you know, sort of represented in the world. So for me over the, my 15 year career, a big, big piece of, I guess the benefit of having a wonderful career like I had was that I also had wonderful vacation days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I traveled a lot. Right. And so, you know, that was a a big, big part of my self-care routine and travel. I just really, really loved it. And so I found myself during a trip to Japan, um, planning for sort of Tokyo, and uh, Kyoto weather, which is very similar to mid-Atlantic, like in the United States. So like think DC in the spring, beautiful, sunny, not too hot. But then we decided to hop over to Okinawa and I had no idea. It's like the South Carolina of Japan. (laughs) It was so hot (laughs) and so sweaty. And I was so gross. And I was like, I only have this tiny little bottle of conditioner. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I had like a (laughs) second day. And I was really frustrated. And my partner at the time was like, you know, you're complaining that there aren't products that work for you and that you're always like trying to figure this thing out. And like, you're completely distracted from the trip. You used to do this. Why don't you just go create the company? I guess. And I was like, uh, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that really was the start of it. it. It started out as a passion project. I was still working full time and um, just kind of working on it nights and weekends. And when I had time and coming up with just the basics, I wanted to create, I knew what brand I wanted to create. So I really started with the brand and then the products really followed suit from there. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So do you come up with them all yourself or do you have like people that you work with or how does that work? Uh, it is (laughs) the plan for, for your listeners who are like, Oh, everything goes according to plan. And I just need to figure out what my plan is. The plan is the plan is not a plan and it will never be the plan and it'll never be what you actually do. Exactly. (laughs) My plan was to kind of bring together like a few products and just say like really basically, I want to give people something to react to and see if they even think this idea makes sense. And then I'll go out to a manufacturer and have them work with me on it and refine them and change them and play with the, you know, product roadmap and all of that stuff. What actually happened was people wanted to buy it, number one. And so I was like, well, if you want to buy it from me, of course I'll sell it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start doing that. And then the second piece was, as I was talking to manufacturers, you know, I'm a woman of color with textured hair and I'm really focused on creating a brand that's inclusive uh, for that because there just isn't very much out there. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear about a few brands, but it's like, if if you can name past six, you know, brands that you know, that cater to a wider range of hair t- textures and skin tones. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Um, and so 
for me, I, I would talk to these manufacturers and they would say things like, oh, well, we don't make products for Afro kinky hair. Hmm. And I was like, we haven't called it that since like 1978. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that put a little bit of a uh, kink, no pun intended, in the <laughs> of going to these manufacturers, these contract manufacturers. So it really became, you know, I set up a studio here in Denver and it really became, we're just going to have to do it ourselves until we're at a space that our money can talk for us, where our, to be frank, our voice and our ethnicity really can't do it for us. Right. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? Like, when did you start the company? So technically I started the company in 2017. Okay. Uh, It's really funny because I, I did it kind of backwards. Like I, after that trip, that trip was that spring and coming into the fall, I realized I hadn't done one lick of work against it. I talked about it a lot. It (laughs) it came up at like every brunch, every time there was a cocktail, I was like, so I'm thinking about starting this. But I hadn't done anything yet. And, you know, you know, you from the South, the, the, the concept of either, you know, piss or get off the pot. Right. Um, (laughs) I was like, I need to do something or I need to stop ranting about this every time I have a cocktail. And so what I did is I sat down and I incorporated the business on August 14th of 2017. I just sat down and I was like, the government knows who I am now. Right. (laughs) I have to do work. And, and that was the start. And so I kind of worked on it again. It was, you know, part-time nights and weekends kind of thing. And then at the end of 2018, when I had gotten my fill of the corporate world and we can, I think that needs another bottle of champagne just to talk right. about. Um, <laughs> when I truly did get my fill of it, I decided to leave. And I was like, but I, I have this beautiful passion project that I really love to give some thought and some time to. And so that was my journey to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. I love that. Yeah. And if y'all are not following their Instagram, you need to, it's amazing. Like I love your photos. And so, yeah, this isn't on the question list. Sorry, but <laughs> it's going to throw okay. it out there anyway. <laughs> um, so for everybody listening and like checking out your, you know, your, web, your Instagram and all that stuff, like do, what are your tips on branding? Cause I know a lot of business owners have, you know, they struggle with that sometimes. Like, I don't know what my brand is, or I mean, do I need a brand or like, how do I even start a brand? You know what I mean? It's like, do you have any tips on any of that? Most definitely. And I think the thing that's going to make branding easier for you is really putting down strong foundations and a very clear point of view and perspective. I say that because shiny objects are everywhere. Yes. So the next TikTok, the next Snapchat, the next whatever it might be, you go, oh, I should be on there because everybody else is on there. But if you, if your foundation, your consumer is not actually there, then you're just going to be doing something to do it. Um, You know, if you're like, oh, well, I want to, you know, somebody told me that I could get an ad in this magazine and it's going to be super, you know, it's going to be super great. and, And all these people read it. If they aren't your consumers, then it's a waste of your time and theirs, right? Um, So it's really, really important. And even across, you know, brand isn't just your marketing. I use marketing as an example because it's just kind of easy for people to get. Mm -hmm. But your brand is your pricing. It's your packaging. It's who you work with. It's who you have represent you. It's, um, you know, it's everything for your company, whether you're a service-based business or a physical goods company, everything you do should be coming through the lens of your brand and your brand foundation. So I always say, take a step back and put in the core elements of your brand personality. So how do you speak? What's your brand character? Are you wise? Are you jovial? Are you nurturing? What are those things, those elements? 
um, as well as understanding your consumer. Who are they? What do they need? What's their pain point? What keeps them up at night? And how would your product or service fulfill that? And so when you have all of those, then when you're sitting trying to figure out what to say on Instagram, you're like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm witty and I'm wise. So if I see something, I'm just not going to repost anything. I'm going to post something that's witty and or wise. If my consumer is really worried and up at night about like how she's going to, you know, for our consumer, she figures out two minutes before she's about to leave that she has not packed all of her things and she's a little stressed out about it. Mm-hmm. This is where we talk about the stresses of travel and, and like the how to's of how to pack and all kinds of things that are really relevant to her. It would be very, very easy to just like talk about locations, mm-hmm. talk about drinks while we're traveling, which can be a part of it, right. but those are going to be the focal points and they're not going to make sense for her. Um, and even understanding then this is really the last tip, but like even understanding your tone of voice, whether your brand cusses or not is huge. I'm a, mm. I cuss a lot. <laughs> I cuss a lot. It's not, it's not the best habit. Um, but you need to understand whether or not your brand does that. So for instance, black travel box really kind of doesn't, mm-hmm. um, I did, and I'll give you a great antidote. I did once refer to a song name that had a cuss word in the name. And so we just put like an asterisk in the middle of the word Mm -hmm. and immediately got a post or got a comment that was like, I really love this photo and I love the idea, but I really don't like that cuss word there. Right. Um, And it's because we've cultivated a fan base that knows our character and in our voice. And when you veer off, because it was like, oh, this was really funny. This totally makes sense with this. Just because it's funny to you doesn't make many as funny to your your consumer. And so you really have to have those foundations in place and know where the line is for them and what your company represents. Yes, I love that. I I 100% agree. And I know that, you know, as busy entrepreneurs, like, you know, people want to dive in and, you know, start selling or like creating their product and get it out there. And like, it's, I feel like a, like a, a step that's often overlooked, but it is so impactful, you know? And so just taking the time, even in the beginning to like really set that foundation and then kind of revisiting it too, you know, like every once in a while, you know, just to make sure that you're still resonating with your, your audience, you know, you're sharing what you want, you're, you're happy, like you feel aligned with your brand. Um, it just, it creates such a huge difference. Oh yeah, definitely. And that idea of your brand character can develop the same way a human's character can, right? Mm-hmm. And we like this year has been a transformative year for a lot of people. And if your right. brand isn't transforming with it, it doesn't mean that you're following what other people are doing, but it's more of just saying, is your brand even aware of the world around it right now? Right. And, and how does that change what your brand thinks is funny or what your brand thinks is important or what your brand says about certain things, you know, given mm-hmm. culture? activities and all of that. Is your brand aware? Is it not aware? Has it lightened up? Because it's like, you know what, life's too short. Or has your brand really focused in on this is why these things are important. That Mm -hmm. that type of change, you're you you think, okay, well, thousands of people are going to see this. And there's no way that they're just going to be keeping up with all my posts and all that, but they really do. And they get to know the same way they get to know a person what you're the neighbor down the hall. You know, you don't see that person every single day, but you know enough about them that if they do something different, you notice it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a really important thing to understand. 
Yeah, definitely. And there's like a connection there, you know, like, you know, maybe not be huge. You may not like talk to them, but there's definitely a connection. And, and also too, going back to what you said about like the foundation and, and knowing those key aspects, like will help you avoid that whole shiny object syndrome, you know, it's like, oh wait, no, I don't need that. Like my brand would not, my, you know, company would not benefit from jumping from one to things, you know? So it would, it really is huge when you really know where you should be, you know, what you're helping your customers with and where they are and, you know, meeting them there and not trying to jump around because Joe, you know, two streets down is, you know, doing AdWords or something, you know what I mean? Like when you know what your company is going after, it makes it so much more effective and, you know, less frustrating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. Well, awesome. Um, how do you balance work and life? Like it sounded like you, you were saying that self-care, like traveling was a form of self-care. Um, I don't know how much you're able to do that right now, but so <laughs> what, what other tips do you have? <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's a big, that's a big thing because we're in a weird space and a really weird time mm-hmm. now. And it's like, am I working from home or am I homing from work. Like I'm not sure what's happening. (laughs) That's really Um, blurred lines right now. (laughs) It really is. It really is. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned over this time is to give myself grace. If I feel anxious and I feel like I need to do work at a time that isn't a a great time to do it, just do the daggone work. It's okay. Right. And also if I'm doing work and I feel my brain is just sort of floating away, (laughs) you know, (laughs) where you're starting to lose patience and lose focus. And it's like, I give myself grace to, you know, I'm going to take a break. I'm taking a break. I'm going to go get fresh air. I'm going to go take a walk. Um, I live in an apartment building that has a pool every now and again, I will jump in for a second. Okay. I'm cold. This is great. And I'm good, (laughs) you know, um, you know, and so it's taking those moments that when you need them, sometimes I'll just walk the stairs because I am still social distancing. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I'll just walk the stairs to get my heart going, you know? blood pumping to wake me up. I don't want to sit in the gym and like wipe down everything. And I just, it feels weird. So I'm just like, I'll go walk the stairs and I might listen to the calm app and let Matthew McConaughey tell me a story. (laughs) Oh, he's on there. Now I've got to get it. LeBron. And there were just so many great ones. Um, and that's a fantastic idea. And they're, and they're like, you know, they're bite size, right? So you can Mm -hmm. have five minute thing. I, so I might take a five minute walk on the stairs and do a few floors, uh, and listen to LeBron talk about how he thinks about greatness and how he uses meditation. Right. Uh, and that's a great way. One, it gets me back pumped. It gets me back focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just a great way to, to give my body what it needs and give my mind what it needs, which is a break or a little exercise. <laughs> yeah, totally. That And like, even like you said, short ones, short little bursts or whatever, it doesn't have to technically have to be a burst, but just moving your body, like feel it just does so much. And I honestly like have not, like I've been working a lot lately and I can feel the difference. Like my, my shoulders are tense. I just feel kind of blah, you know, like, yeah. and so, yeah, just even taking that time, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you can get in there, like just really makes so much better. So much of a difference, so much of a difference, especially like I'm a slow, I'm a solopreneur. And so yeah. my mind, I, I literally had a dream the other night that I was doing work and I was like, <laughs> and then I woke up and then I was like, wait, I didn't actually do that. I was just pretending. I don't know what just happened. Right. Yeah. Where I'm like, I need a break. Right. I can't wake up thinking about work in that way. So it's like, you know what? Hot shower music, 
we are not touching the computer until we've scrubbed our, our brains clean. Yes. Yeah. I know it's hard. Like it's, it's hard when you're a solopreneur. I mean, just a business owner in general, because I mean, there's so many different thoughts and things to, to keep up with. And it it feels like it's a hamster wheel sometimes, you know, in your head, at least for me anyway. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely. (laughs) That's why when my husband's like, why are you watching another Hallmark movie? I'm like, so I don't have to think that's why. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Let me just see Santa Claus in 15 different versions. (laughs) Happy people in small towns because mama needs a break. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this time she's at a farm, not a vineyard. Thank you very much. Like, they are different. Not the same place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just made a note about the Calm app. I can't wait to try that. Um, what other apps or automation or, or like do you like to use in your business to make it thrive? Ooh, for my business, I have all the apps. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many apps. So we're on Shopify as a platform. That's our mm. direct consumer. Nice. Uh, for our wholesale business, we're on fair.com, F-A-I-R-E. I love that because it gives, you know, if I'm going into boutiques and things like that, it gives them net 60 terms, but I still get paid, which yeah. is really fun. Uh, it's good to get <laughs> Um, and so those are two really great platforms. And then within them, there's just, you know, there are different automations and things. Um, I live for Clavio, Clavio, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, which is our email platform. Mm. And I use it not only for email, but really for CRM, like to segment our consumers and understand their behaviors and really have a good sense of who's where. So I can do a lot of analytics, to be honest, on, Mm. you know, who we're interacting with and how um, by just using integrations on there. Um, I am a visual planner. Mm. So I love Trello. Um, cause I like to see pictures it, that helps me. I don't know why, but it just helps my memory. It helps me associate things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, while I'm a big proponent of project management and I love Gantt charts and all that fun stuff, Trello is a really great way for me to sort of visually plan, throw ideas in there, put stuff in a parking lot. If I, if it's not, you know, for now. Um, and I really love it because I can, I can, you know, interact with other people, assign stuff, all kinds of things. Right. Um, Calendly is my assistant because I don't want to pay an assistant because I'm cheap, um, <laughs> just to be honest. And, um, so Calendly makes my calendar not suck. Um, and it allows people to, um, book time with me without doing five emails back and forth to see what time we're available. <laughs> yes. Oh God. It's such a game changer. <laughs> like, oh my God. That whole conversation. Well, well let me see. What about Tuesday at one? Right. You know, I'm, I'm missing at one, but I could do one thirty. Oh, I can't do one thirty. Those conversations should, shouldn't even happen anymore. Um, and the I fact know. that like, Gmail hasn't made that uh, just an automatic thing. Cause like 90% of the world is on Gmail right I now. Know. <laughs> we should just make it a thing. Um, so yeah, those are some, some big apps that I use and I, I, I love little hacks and stuff. So like, um, just before we were chatting, I was editing a pitch video. And so I use InShot for that, just like right on my phone. Mm. Um, I, I use Lumen five to make videos that go into our Instagram stories. So if you see our weekly travel crush Tuesdays with like music and photos and copy and stuff on it, that's all made in Lumen five. It takes like 15 minutes to make. Ooh, awesome. Lumen five. Is that like on your phone? Lumen L U M E N five. Okay. Um, they do have a phone app, but I don't really use it. I use it more so on the web. Okay. Um, it's on my computer because it allows me to like pull in files and stuff. And I like, yeah, but yeah, they have. Yeah. So it's, I have way too many apps. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's good though. I mean, it does like, you know, simplify for sure. Like it, it, it's amazing. Like what technology has, I don't know. I mean, like I grew up with like the internet was like just coming on board. Like we had AOL chat rooms and we thought like that was amazing. You know, like 20 something years later, it's like, wow, you know, there's an app for that. Like I can have my groceries delivered or, you know, like just so many different crazy things. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what is your favorite way or like most effective way that you market your business? Ooh, (laughs) I would, well, I guess it depends on what you think, think effective is right. So in my mind, when you're talking about convert to sales, it's our email, Mm -hmm. um, emails making up 25 to 30% of, of our revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay just on its own. And I think that that's, you know, you talk about effective it, I have automations, so I don't have to, you know, we can, we have things in place that automatically trigger just based off of consumers behavior They're you know, customers right. on our site, you know, whether it's time for them to get, uh, you know, replenishment, all of those things. And so when you talk about like not having to have headcount, <laughs> <laughs> And the activity happens on its own and it's generating revenue. That's probably the most efficient and effective. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Email's huge. Like a lot of times I talk to the business owners and like, mm, you know, don't get these results or, you know, like, I don't just all the stuff about email being dead. And I was like, I promise you it's not like, we just need to get in there and you need to segment and you need to be able to look at your analytics, see what they're doing, you know, and like, let's get some, some lead magnets, some content and like, you know, it's all these things. And they're like, Oh, wow. I didn't know that was, you know, didn't know I should be doing that. <laughs> so it's oh, huge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and the thing about email is it isn't dead. And I mean, yes, people get hundreds of emails every day, if not thousands, it's insane. Right. Um, but for the folks that are really looking for you, it's an amazing engagement tool. Yeah. Um, and just even simple things like I typically offer for people, even in our, our um, drip campaigns, so the ones that are like automatic, I offer for people to respond back to me. Mm-hmm. And I have it set up so that I will get their response. Like if they reply back, it will come to my inbox. And I have conversations with customers all the time. Yeah. About not just even product stuff. We talk about, I, I'm like, you guys just want tips on traveling? Like, tell me where you're going. I've probably been there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've had those conversations and I've definitely, you know, I feel like, uh, it's like miracle on 34th street where the Santa Claus is like, well, we don't have it here at Macy's, but if you go across the street to Gimbel's, they have it and they have it cheaper. And I'm totally willing to do that for our customers because at the end of the day, it's a relationship that we're cultivating. So yes. they'll reach out to me for different things. And I'm like, Oh, we don't have that yet, but this is my favorite thing. You should go try that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're so right. Like, I mean, it is all built on relationships. And so just taking the time, you know, to, to really like listen to what they're saying and and be like social and have a, you know, conversation like that just goes so far. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Um, so what do you do to like get out of your comfort zone, like to help your business grow? And like, do you have any tips for, like how other business owners can get out of their comfort zones. Ooh, okay. Um, I think the first thing is is to recognize what your comfort zone is. Yeah. I don't think we're we are taught as kids or growing up to identify what is comfortable for us and where the line is. And so oftentimes when we are presented with an opportunity, that feeling like you might die is the comfort zone line, right? You're like, oh. 
oh, I didn't think about that. (laughs) (laughs) The clammy hands and the cold sweats. And I think the idea of proactively thinking about what freaks you out. Right. Um, Thinking about your business and going five years out, what do I want it to look like? And then what could it actually look like? If it was somebody else's business, what could it look like? And then having that conversation with yourself, why does it have to be someone else's business when it's $1 billion? When when it's your business, you're like, oh, you know, everything's moving along, you know? And and so having those conversations with yourself first to understand what the line is. And then honestly, you know, I don't know if I'm in my head a lot, but I'm not a big writer, but some people love to write things down. Mm -hmm. I, I, either way, whether you have the conversation in your head, like me, way too many voices, or, (laughs) or you're doing it on paper, then it's sort of like really list out. Okay. So why can't I? Yeah. Not what's stopping me or not like, what are, what are the things that could go wrong, but why can't I? Because when you put it in that format and then you look at it, you go, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. That just has to do with being afraid of it, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and you can find the things that really aren't, you know, okay, you know what? I was born with one arm. And so, no, I will not be clapping. Like, that's just, we, we will not be clapping with this business. And I don't mean that in an offensive way at all, but it's just right. understanding exactly where your limit, where your limitations actually exist. Mm-hmm. and then as opposed to things that are just based off of unfounded fear um, and and discomfort. And so, you know, if a business, in order for your business to be, say, international, you need to really be in another city, but you're not willing to leave to to go to that city, that's completely okay. Mm -hmm. But now you're, you're, you're clear about what your comfort zone is, and then you can actually start to work around that. Okay. So my international business really should be for it to be this amazing thing. It should be in New York, but right now I live in like Toledo. Okay. Um, I'm not going to leave Toledo. My parents are here. They're not well. And I, and this is important to me. This is my life. And I want to take care of it. What are the options? You can start to like really work around that where your comfort zone no longer becomes an issue of um, sort of unfounded fear, but it becomes a basis for strategy to create the life and the business that you want. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You're so right. And it, it just, you know, again, like those kind of getting that foundation in place, like, what do I want? Where do I want this to go? What, you know, what are my barriers? Like having that is, is so big, you know, but if you, if it's left unaddressed, then, you know, you kind of keep banging your head against the wall and not really knowing why, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's not, it, the best thing you can do for yourself is be self-aware and be honest. Yeah. Um, and don't let like others' opinions, like kind of dictate what you can and can't do. But in order, you know, I always give that piece of advice of like, you know, you have to run on your own steam. People, not everybody's going to be able to see your vision. That's the whole reason it's called a vision, right? Like, right. Um, but that also requires of you radical vulnerability and honesty with yourself. Um, because we can all be like, well, I want to be like Superman and I can fly. That's great. That's not how physics works right now. (laughs) Let's be honest with ourselves. Um, but you know, let's get the tights, let's get the outfit, uh, and let's go skydiving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Start somewhere. (laughs) Start somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. It's so true. Um, like earlier in my business, um, earlier on, like I, I don't like numbers, like it just does not, but it's not something that I enjoy doing. Um, and so I did not give them the importance that they needed and just kind of, you know, wasn't super honest with myself or 
and just, you know, didn't hold myself accountable to doing things that I could. And then finally, like my husband was like, you need, you know, like, let's just sit down and like work through all this, you know, like just get, so you have a game plan. Cause you know, I was just kind of doing things and not like with any sense of like repercussions. And then I don't know. I, I, and like, I literally like my hands started getting all clammy, like my shoulders, like tensed up. And like, that was my literal reaction to like dealing with money. And, yeah. but, but after that, like, it was amazing. And now like, I have like a weekly financial thing on Fridays where I go over my numbers and it's like so empowering. And, and like, I've grown since then, like both financially and just, you know, in general as a business owner, but like, I don't know, it took that like seriously that reaction and like having to work through it. Um, but it, it's just, it's been such a game changer. I love that. I love that. That's spot on. Yeah. So yeah, we all have our, uh, all of our, our own struggles, you know, and like, like you said too, um, just like our, our different, um, vulnerabilities for sure. Most definitely. And, and, but they can, we, we can turn them into strengths and not in the way that you say, like when you're in a job interview, well, really, right. it's just, you know, my biggest weakness is I work so darn hard. Like, it's not like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it really is being honest with that because you can flip it on its head and begin to, to create around it. And if nothing else, you can remove the anxiety of being yes. facing it. Yes, you know? totally. Um, so that's, I think that's super valuable. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. So we're to your favorites. Um, this is like one of my favorite parts because I just like love learning about new books and, you know, places to go and all that stuff. But yes, I will start with the first one. What is your favorite book? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> and you can say, you can say multiple ones and it doesn't have to be, I mean, it can be like any genre, it can be anything. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Um, I don't read as much as I used to, which is problematic, but I'm also like, <laughs> I am working hard enough that reading makes me sleepy. I'm not going to lie. And <laughs> audiobooks also make me sleepy unless the author has like a really interesting voice. But the or last- Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but that that's the whole point. Like he has such a, he has such a relaxing voice. It's ah, meant for me, which I actually really like. He, he reads bedtime stories and I'm not mad at it. Um, <laughs> I would say though, the last book that I actually found really interesting and useful. So I get engaged with books that are useful, that I can do something with the information mm-hmm. that I've read. Um, it's Tony Robbins, which don't make fun of me y'all. It's Tony Robbins, <laughs> money master the game. And the big, I mean, I could save you the money I'm buying and I'm not, you know, he, he's not giving me any, any affiliates. So right. um, <laughs> but the big thing that I took away was he talks about how you know, he talked, he gives you practical things about like how you can manage your money and grow it and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the thing that I really walked away with, he was like, okay, if you could envision, as you go through this exercise of envisioning what your, you know, different levels of life would be for you. Right. So like total financial freedom versus like, you know, just getting by versus something in the middle and you write down all the things that you need and all the expenses. And he's like, if your dream life is, you know, having a yacht and traveling the world twice a year and sending your kids to like really expensive schools and blah, 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 all these things. Let's take a look at that. How much are you actually going to be on your yacht? Oh, you know, maybe two weeks, maybe four of the entire year. The cost of the yacht is like, you know, X and then you have to house it and then you have to do all of this and that and other. And he's like, here's what you do. Rent a yacht. Right. So now you've gone from two and a half million dollars in spend, right. <laughs> to 20 K a year. Right. In spend, 
which to a person who's thinking, well, I just want to go on vacation, $20,000 is a lot of money. But to a person who's like, I want this lifestyle where I can go on a yacht when I want to, that's way different. Right. And so it's all about, you can live life what in whatever way you consider lavishly. It just doesn't have to be in that sort of classic, I own all these things and I have all these things. You can rent them. You can visit them. You can create yeah. um, that type of lifestyle without burning through cash that really you could have kept in stock or wherever to create a legacy for your kids so that they can live the lifestyle as well. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. That makes total sense. And, and But it was one of those things that you, you're looking at it and you go, oh, I don't need to make you know, a million dollars a year on my business. I actually really only need to make 250K to do all these like crazy extravagant things that I want to do right? Uh, and still save for my retirement. And so that is huge. And it also takes, I think, a great weight off of your shoulders because if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and you don't really know how much it takes to do that mm-hmm. and how you can do it, strategizing it, it can just be so stressful. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I, I love that, that, you know, like that whole, the whole simplicity of it, of like, just, you don't need all that, but you can still have what you want, kind of what, you know what I mean? It's like, you're still going to get the desired outcomes. You're just going to be able to do it a lot smarter and probably quicker because you don't feel like you have to make millions of dollars. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, what is your favorite drink? Ooh. Um, I am a cocktail snob. (laughs) I I love, I'm an old fashioned girl. Like I will, I will order old old fashioned at most places because most places are pretty good at making them. But if it's a little fancier, I love a good Boulevardier, which is in that same family of, um, sort of brown liquor, a little citrus, a little sweet. Um, and it just kind of, it's a different take on it. Awesome. I have never had an old fashioned. Oh my gosh. I know. I told somebody that the other day and they're like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, like I'm a beer and wine girl, not so much cocktails, but like, I feel like I want to like venture into that kind of, like, it seems fun. Like this seems like there's all kinds of fun things you can do with cocktails. Oh my gosh. I, and I like it for like, I am a foodie Mm -hmm. and I like cocktails the same way I like food. Honestly, I would drink cocktails if they didn't have alcohol in them. Oh, Uh, because I really am, and, and that's why I like things like Boulevardier, which has Campari and vermouth and whiskey in it. It's like, you know, it gets in your mouth and you're like, ooh, what's this? Ooh, yeah. what's that? Oh, that's a nice finish, right? You know, it's it's the experience. So to me, it's similar to wine, right? Where you mm-hmm. go to, it, you, there's different tasting notes and things like that. So you probably won't catch me drinking shots unless they're like an interesting shot, like a birthday cake shot, which is crazy. You, you drink it and you're like, oh my God, that really did taste like cake. That's so bizarre. Um, <laughs> That's hard again, to imagine. <clears throat> I'm, in it for the, I'm in it for the flavor. I'm in it for the experience. I've had drinks that are, you know, they taste just like cocoa puffs and <laughs> it's just fun. It's really, really fun. Yeah. See, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that seems like a lot of fun. It's like, mm, instead of picking like, you know, this six pack of IPA over the other one. Like let's make some fun, like cute drinks that taste like cake. I mean, how fun is that? Oh my gosh. But even with beers though, it can be really fun, especially going to like craft, you know, beer brewers and yeah. really fun, interesting things with them. Again, the tasting notes can be really interesting. Um, and I always drink beer at breweries and flights mm-hmm. just to taste different elements and, and just have fun with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Doing those tasters is, is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Ooh, I am a nerd and I watch a lot of Star Trek and <laughs> I repeatedly watch a lot of Star Trek and I'm not ashamed of it because I'm giving myself grace. I'm stuck inside anyway. So yeah, yeah, I, that is relaxing to me. It feels familiar and it's, it's fun and it's sci-fi. Yeah. And I remember as a kid growing up and we would always watch like Star Trek, the next generation on like Sunday nights. And, like I loved it. Oh my God. It's the best. It's the <laughs> absolute best. And I've seen all of them way too many times and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so my next question was, was what's your favorite thing to watch? But I'm guess we already covered that Star Trek. I, it's that's my favorite favorite um in terms of like genre wise or like um uh you know just things outside of star trek star trek's its own universe obviously um, <laughs> i actually am really loving lovecraft country right now oh. um, it's well and it's also living in that sci-fi space but i've never seen a, a show with such a mashup of it's sort of like uh reality horror meets meets uh uh sci-fi meets you know like spiritual you know sci-fi fiction and it's a period piece like huh. that's a, just, that's a lot <laughs> you're doing a lot and i'm just it's fun and it's escapism and there's truths to it and it's written really well um so i'm really loving that and then every now and again i go back to the hands handmaid's tale because you know it just makes me feel like uh, somebody at least knows what we're going through. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I haven't watched either one of those, so I will have to put those on my list to try them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely both. Okay. I would start with Handmaid's Tale. That's more in reality, which is almost scarier. I've heard of that one. Yeah. And I've heard how eerily kind of, I don't know, similar things are. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I want to go down that road right now. <laughs> it's no, but it's good. I think it's good because it is a story of, of triumphing over, oh, okay. over this. Like it gives us hope that we can make changes and, and even just being able to look at people who aren't making changes in similar situations and going, well, why aren't you doing that? Well, why aren't I? Right. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, and it's written, it's really well written. Yeah. I like, I love that perspective. Um, oh, and then this is going to be like, so I can't wait to hear your answer on this one. Like, where is your favorite place ever to go? Because you've been so many places. Like, do you Ooh. have a number one? Or, or we could even do like top three for you because you have so oh. many. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so I have to wrap my hometown, Chicago. So if you've never been to Chicago and you live in the United States, go in the summer. Do not go in the winter. What yeah. um, <laughs> it is a really fun, eclectic and very walkable city. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you love museums, it has museums. If you love to be in the water, a lot of people haven't seen great lakes. Like mm -hmm. they've either been to the ocean or they've been to really tiny lakes. Chicago is interesting because Lake Michigan is like the second largest great lake. Lake Superior looks like the ocean. I'm not even going to lie, but you get to Lake Michigan and you're like, there's waves. What's happening? People are like windsurfing. What? So, oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Windy City and there's water. So True. you can win there. That makes um, sense. <laughs> I highly recommend that, especially for people who love like blues and food yeah. and just, you know, rock. I mean, like you know, Lollapalooza and all that. I did it once. I'm too old to be going to concerts that big. But <laughs> if you love that kind of stuff, the summer in Chicago is amazing. Outside of the country, I would say my two favorite. Oh, gosh, there's so many places. My number one favorite place 
because I like to get a lot in. I'm very much the kind of person I love cities that I can walk around and just soak in real life. I like mm-hmm. to soak in history. I like to soak in wine. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, <laughs> <or> whatever, <laughs> whatever the dinner drink, the table drink is of a particular country. Um, and, and, and I love beauty and I love nature. Croatia is taught like hands down my favorite. I have heard it's like, it's just gorgeous. And like, when I heard that, I was like, Croatia, really? Like, not to be like mean, I just, I never would have thought that. I, I didn't know enough about the area, but I have heard that. Well, think about it this way. So it's where Italians go to vacation. Well, yeah, that says a lot right there. Right? Like, it's sort of like, it's like Italy's this gorgeous company, country, but when you're in Croatia, there's tons of Italian tourists. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's along the coastline. Um, the entire country is really built on tourists and tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get to stay in people's homes. So it's very Airbnb, like oh, um, very inexpensive. Once you get there, all the food and you will eat all the food is like very light and seafoody and just amazing. Um, and then if you get the chance, you can do things like go to Montenegro or you can go to Bosnia just on a quick road trip. Um, mm-hmm. you can, get your little international driver license and go there. Um, they have national parks. They Here's my favorite piece. And then I will totally leave Croatia alone because I could talk about it for days. <laughs> you can lay on the beach umbrella and, and look, not umbrella, in Brela. Brela is a town. <laughs> um, and you're laying on the beach and you're looking out and you see islands out in the water and the water is beautiful. And then you tilt your head back and you see mountains behind you. Oh, that's crazy. That sounds yeah. so amazing. I loved it. So much, so much. And it's cheap. Did I mention it's cheap? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to put that on my top list of like when we can do things like that just sounds so relaxing and so, and so neat, like a a neat experience. That is a place that if I had gone and then the quarantine started, I would have been happy to stay easily. So easily. As long as we got Wi-Fi, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And they, they do have wine and stuff there too, don't they? Like, aren't they? Yeah, they do have wine. I will say if you're like a wine snob, it's not wine snob wine, but it is good wine. It's okay. it's nice. It's fun. And you know, it's fruity, a little, maybe a little jammier than one would, would hope, but, mm-hmm. but it's also, they've also got their own, you know, liqueurs and things like that, which are really fun to sip on and sit outside and watch the sunset. So awesome. they, they filmed Game of Thrones there. So that is oh. There you go. Good to know. <laughs> awesome. So where can everybody find you online? Like social media, website, and they can connect with you and buy your products and just, you know, get to know you. Um, yes, definitely. So to, um, to find Black Travel Box, you can find us online, www.blacktravelbox.com. You can also find us on Instagram, as you mentioned, at Black Travel Box. Um, we're a little bit on Twitter, we're a little bit on Facebook, but really, mm-hmm. um, you know, Instagram is our bread and butter. Definitely reach out to us, follow us, tell your friends. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter rambling about random things uh, <laughs> at Orion, O-R-I-O-N underscore Helana, H-E-L-A-N-A. Um, and I'm also on Instagram with, under the same handle. Awesome. Yes, I will make sure to put those in the podcast notes so everybody can connect with you. Um, this has been such yeah, a fun awesome. conversation. 
Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Now I'm thinking about Croatia and food. <laughs> I know I am too, actually. I'm like, hmm, because <laughs> it's so nice to be able to like kind of daydream about, try, you know, one day when we can do that again. So it kind of like gets us out of like the day-to-day stuff we have to think about yes. right now. So it's like a perfect way to end this conversation. <laughs> More bubbles it. in Croatia. <laughs> I know. Cheers to that. Wait. Wait, I didn't even get the ding out of it. Wait, hold up. <laughs> there we go. That was a perfect one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like, yeah, like I said, this has been so much fun. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I can't wait to like, just, you know, stay in touch and keep connecting and, and watch you guys grow even more. I love it. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me.